Wherever in the world you are, again, welcome to this episode of H-Hour. Uh, the response after the first episode was, was immense, and that's, that's an understatement, so f- for that, thank you. Uh, we, Jared and I will endeavour to give you more of the same quality of show, and uh, hopefully you'll find it as interesting as you have on the first one. Uh, please keep, you know, do keep supporting us online. Um, it means a lot to us, and, and, and it helps us continue with it, and, and just means that we know we're doing something good. It's also an organisation I'd like to mention, which I forgot to mention the first on the first show. I'm going to mention it now, and, and I'll try in the future as well. If I remember, my, my memory is an absolute nightmare. It's an organisation which is for serving and former service personnel, and that organisation is called Leavers Link. Leavers Link connects service leavers directly with business people interested in aiding transition into Civvy Street. And quite often, uh, this results in a connection to people recruiting. But at the very least, it results in expansion of you, the service leavers network, and connection with people in various industries who, due to their recognition of the value of former service services personnel, wish to help you make the step from military into civilian life, which is not easy. Leavers Link is founded by service personnel, so you know you're in good hands. Um, I know these guys personally, as I help out in the background with some of their administrative needs and assist in hosting events occasionally when I can. They're all volunteers donating their time to help people getting out. Look them up, Leavers Link, it's well worth your time too. And if you can, get along to one of their events. Leavers Link hold two free networking events per month. The next two events are in Colchester and Norwich on the 19th and 26th of June respectively. They're free to attend. You can access all of the details on the main social media platforms, plus LinkedIn, simply by searching for Leavers Link. Sponsoring this episode again is TMT Construction a veteran-owned business operating across the UK and specialising in construction and engineering projects, large and small, internal and external, domestic, commercial or industrial. The former Welsh guard who directs operations unfortunately doesn't wear his bare skin and tunic at work, but does apply his sound planning and management gained from the military to bring you the highest quality and cost-effective results you would expect from a company of such high calibre. After they sponsored the first podcast, actually, a friend of mine asked me if they do patios. Yes, they do patios. They do kitchens, they do bathrooms, they do drives, they do car parks, they build houses. They'll form a foundation up if, if you really want. I've seen what they do. I research potential sponsors, so I know I'm not, I'm not telling you any old crap. TMT are on the ball. If you have a project you're considering, but maybe not sure, pick up the phone to them and, and, and pick their brains. They'll tell you what it entails and, and, and how they can help. You can find them online at tmt.construction for their website and TMT Construction on Facebook. That's Tango, Mike Tango Construction, TMT. Their phone number is on their homepage and they're really quick at responding to messages and calls. Call them, message them, use a veteran-owned business for the work you need doing. Lastly, 429 Group, sponsoring every episode. 429 Group are also veteran-owned and specialise in health and safety services, security, medical and military advisory services. Basically anything that helps protect you or your interests and your business continuity. 429 operates around the UK and overseas and regularly provides medical cover for events, first aid training and security cover. They also have a popular service designed specifically for owners of small businesses, contractors, who are involved in the construction industry where they will help you achieve a nationally certified health and, sef- health and safety accreditation for your business, enabling you to demonstrate to potential clients that you have sound management of health and safety and therefore helping you to tick that vital box for the bigger contracts on your radar. Check out 49 Group at 49.group where you can find details of everything they provide. Reach out, again, another veteran-owned business, owned in fact by myself and another former sniper with whom I used to serve. 
Our guest today is former Royal Marine Commando Nick Goldsmith. Uh, an amazing guy. He is the founder of Hidden Valley Bushcraft and the Woodland Warrior Project. Um, had struggled when he when he was in and when he got out with PTSD. And we, we talk in depth about um, PTSD, the projects he's got he's got going on, and, and how he coped with the difficulties of leaving um, from from finally what you wanted to do in life to going down the PTSD rabbit hole and then and then the woodland the woodland skills rabbit hole it was an interesting podcast and I hope you enjoy it Nick welcome uh, I see you brought some gifts I did indeed. I've brought all the way. I've come all the way here from the uh, Chew Valley today, and I've brought from the Chew Valley Brewery a bottle of Pagan and a bottle of Druid, which uh, two of the local brews made by Mister Mister Domlow in Pensford, which is the little village I now reside in. Um, where's yeah. that? Where's Where's Pensford? Uh, Bristol, Somerset. Oh, okay. So yeah, it was just a short trek up the road for me to come and see you boys. But uh, I'm glad you brought them because I asked today. I asked Jared. To collect the beers, forgetting that Jared, right? Jared doesn't have a wallet. He has a, he has a clam. It's never been, it's never been prized open. And he bought four-year-old Cronenberg from the fridge. It's a good shout. I did go to the effort making sure there was cold cans. And I nipped to the shop on the way and got the, the cheapest bottles of water. I can, I can confirm they are actually cold. Yeah, I thought it'd done quite good. <laughs> uh, wait, let's crack them open. Do you want a pig or a... Um, yeah, whatever. A druid. I'll have a druid. Surely it'd be only right to read what it says on the back. Both of them have got a, a sensual, mystical experience. Apparently. Pagans are a taste of old England. A taste of old England. Yeah. There you go. Sounds good. I'll just stand back. These oh, are these crap. are slightly lively, as you can see. They're a live, live ale. So yeah. <laughs> now, when I said lively, I do mean lively. Have you shook that off on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> you both had the droid, and, and I had the pagan. Oh shit! This yeah. is a crappy start. <laughs> Will you be able to edit that burp out? <laughs> yeah. It's explicit on iTunes. Clean jeans on as well. Sorry, mate. <laughs> It Nick, uh, welcome, buddy. Nick Goldsmith. Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure, fellas. Uh, in from the next show. So, Jaira was asking before how, how, how we know each other, and um, when I, as a recap, when I got out, much like most of the lost, I got into CP and security, and, and um, I think I mentioned it in the last show. In between my stints in Iraq, I was coming back to work in the UK. I ended up going to working on uh, one of the jobs I did was doing um, event security on the Royal Windsor Horse Show. I did it a couple of times. Right. When we were down, it was a big team, cracking, mm. cracking job, wasn't it? Yeah. Really, like, good. The first time I did it was on night shift, which was, uh, was an, an epic. The second time was the days, which was which was really good. A lot of, a lot of water on that. Yeah, like, that's a good crack. It's like a car park. Well, it wasn't a car park, because you're all horse boxes, you're all the competitors, you're all... It was, it was crazy. Nick was one of the guys in the team. Um, but you were still serving then. <clears throat> so, basically, <laughs> during summer leave... Um, it depends on how you want to define security. I mean, if we could look at it like working on the doors, that's yeah. kind of the badge and the premises I was working under there. So so essentially all I was doing was just, um, yeah, maybe doing the odd week or two here and there for that, that particular company. Mm-hmm. Um, albeit that a lot of the time I was actually working one of the Hickstead jobs, which oh, is 14 it. miles from where I grew up. So stay at mum and dad's, go to and fro work and... 
So it keeps you handy. And at the time, I was thinking, if I ever did leave, much like you boys, CP, it's got to be the answer, because <laughs> it's the next logical step on from being a Royal, Royal Marine is CP. Um, little did I know how the events would then play out later on down the line. So yeah. I think, well, it's it's one of those. It's not. It seems like the logical step. It also seems like the... To me, it seems like the only step. But also, at the time, when you're in, the grass is always green on the other side, and people yeah. are on megavax in your head. The illusions I had of the money <laughs> yeah. I was going to earn. I was going to earn 120,000. I was going to earn 120 grand, right, in two years, and I was going to set up my own uh, indoor equestrian manage, and I was riding <laughs> school. Wait, it went pear shit. Ended up more than I saw you, mate. You had the hat. You had the hat. You know you're nearly there when you've got the hat. So I stopped you short of getting the hat because yeah. I was just moonlighting. But if you go and get the hat, yeah. You're on that track. The, the equestrian uh, world is calling. The, the company we're working for. So I, I, I don't want to mention him because I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to have Doug on. I'm hoping to have the owner on. Doug. I, was on I was on the phone to him earlier. Well, yeah, to get him <laughs> on, right? What yeah. unit is he? Oh, uh, some sort of donkey walloping. Um, oh, we're allowed to say that. It's um, <laughs> horses, horses, and uh, and pom Cavalry, pom cam, yes, yeah, yeah, calf. Some sort of calf. In the Q, Q, in, D, QDG, Q, Queen's Dragoon Gut. Queen's Dragoon, yeah. yeah, QDG, Queen's Royal Dragoons. Something like that. I'll be in trouble if I get it wrong, but yeah, there we go. Um, but the way the company was run was very military. Um, he had he didn't part once. The company even had part one orders. It was it was it was it was, um, yeah. it was good, wasn't it? But yeah, so I'm, so I met you there, and when I what was that 2013, 12, 13, yeah, it would have been around that time, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got out what six months after that ish. I've had an interesting journey. So <clears throat> I didn't actually do the typical uh, seven taps to freedom on on, on the uh, the JPA computer system and out you go and then do your resettlement, fella, and then you're outside. I um, I ended up doing uh, probably one tour too many. <laughs> Got back. Um, some, some stuff had gone down on the tour. And long story short, we had a psych nurse come out. You know what, sorry? A psych nurse. Never seen one before. Yeah. Appeared. In the middle of nowhere, like right on the ground, uh, in, in on a PB, the so, most forward PB you could in imagine theater. in theatre. She'd gone all the way up there because at the time I was attached to pool as a, an attached rank, yeah. So you know, those guys get, get well looked after. So, so this this happened anyway, and um, procedures were followed for once. And uh, and she came out and she highlighted about however many of us she highlighted. Um, I wasn't privy to that, but I know it wasn't just me. Um, and it was, I'll let you finish the tour, but promise to come for a coffee when you got back. Highlighted as at, uh, highlighted as at risk? Uh, as behaving probably like an absolute lunatic at the time, <laughs> but just couldn't see it, which probably covers most of the powers and Royal Marines that we know. Mm. Yeah. Um, I was actually working with the men of A, uh, a Company yeah. at one point from, uh, from from One Para, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. As, as they were in, in sort of, as I was serving with them. Um I can't remember if they were on the last one or the one before, but I actually done three tours in that particular location yeah. in, in that role, yeah. um, and and the first one was with four or five in in Sangin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereabouts? Yeah. Whereabouts in Sangin? What a great place! Uh, I was based out of the DC um, in the Fob Bastion out of the Jackson, yeah. and then Ford Mountain into little places like PB Pile and mm-hmm. <laughs> Pharmacy Road. I did a little bit of that, but um, sadly that tour was cut short for me. I trashed my knee, and that was it. Game over. Go back to England, have a an operation, and then. Sadly, just carry lots of coffins and watch the names come up on the on the. Mm. You know. What year was that? Oh, uh, was, that was that was my first one. That was two thousand eight. Oh yeah. Okay. So who was it? Who, who took over from Wesleyan the Sex? That was a, that was the Marines. 
that would have been 40, I'd have guessed, 40 Commando maybe. I might, I might, have, I I might get no that idea, wrong, but, no idea. but yeah, 2007. Um, so, no, it was end of 2006. End of 2006. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have to do the maths and work it out. If it was Herrick yeah. 5, it would have been 4-5 if it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, we took over from 2-Para okay. at the time, uh, and the Royal Irish Rangers, yeah. who'd, uh, who'd, who'd, who'd really had it hard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was... It's exciting times. It's it's everything you joined up to do and more, sadly. So you got you got medically <clears throat> discharged. I did. Long story short, I medically discharged. I was uh, I was carrying all sorts of, of both physical injuries and uh, and little did I know at the time what what I couldn't see the sight nurse could was that a lot of my behaviours were indicative of um, what we now know as those magic letters PTSD. Mm-hmm. So I got this diagnosis, uh, shoved into a recovery centre. Um, and uh, I subsequently spent three or four years putting myself back together, forming a new plan, and um, and then going on to doing what I'm doing. How did you do that? Was that when not easy <laughs> with, the, with the recovery centre? Was that yeah. uh, like a, a naval place? So, so yeah, Hasler Company, as it was then, which is now the Naval Recovery Service Centre in NSRC, um, is uh, is situated at HMS Drake in um, in the naval base down there, and second to none like awesome i i literally owe myself to my my turnaround down to the dedication of the staff down there Mm. the facilities all the stuff they threw at me whether i wanted to be there or not to Mm. start with and you know i won't lie did not want to be there just physical and mental was that was that following yeah very much so and of course once you start getting into that mental side of it it's like a jack-in-the-box all starts coming out Mm. and then but you've got you've got find the minerals to just progress through it and, and what it actually does it makes you look at yourself in in such a a deep way that you've never bothered to ever do before you learn a lot about yourself and good or bad you know you've got to look mm. at stuff you don't like to see about yourself but you've got to you know you've got to kind of see that it's there because you're only human and yeah, once think... you can do that you can move past the ego and then get on you go through you go through life and yeah the way that 99.9 percent of your time yeah. Is spent until unless you have experiences like that, or yeah. or you're in, you know, you or you have the benefit of a, a psychologist or a therapist or some 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 uh, experience so, with that yeah. for whatever reason. Uh, if you haven't had that experience, ninety nine point nine percent of people in nine point ninety nine point nine percent of their life, the depths to which they go to to realize uh, to when in thinking about themselves and that introspectiveness, they only barely scratch the surface. Yeah. Barely scratch the surface. I think they describe it as beige. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and as soon as, you, as soon as you take a little bit away, you then go yeah. underneath it. It's, it's, it's a bit of an eye opener. I mean, um, do you have just sorry, go back? Do you have um, with in Colchester? They've got I don't know if you guys have this. You you got Headley Court, not in Colchester. We got Headley yeah, yeah. Court for rehabilitation again, mental and physical. Yeah. Majority with mental, oh, physical. Sorry, and it was known for that. The ambulance yeah, yeah. all less like Stu went through yeah. it. Um, in Colchester, they've got a place called Shavas House, which is held for heroes run, right? And they have. Yes, and they yeah so and they have, have a, they have an MOD attaché yeah. or whatever you want to call him. It was a WO two. Actually, mate, I didn't realise he was there. Um, but they do a lot of the mental and sort of tertiary levels of, of mm. physical rehabilitation. But under the help of the Heroes Wing, where you know there are a lot of places where it goes military, but it's only just dawned on me how, how odd in a way that is that the, the military because when you're still serving, like Luke was there, you're still yeah. serving, yeah, and you're under the help of the Heroes Wing, you're still serving. It's, yeah. pecu- it's a peculiar way of looking at it. There are many, many ways to skin a cat, I think, <clears throat> and there's many different pathways, and everyone's, this is one of the things they do particularly well, 
is that your recovery pathway is completely different to anyone else's because you know the input is completely different nine times out of ten no no two people have had the same exact input to end up in the same and so therefore the output isn't always going to be the same so you, you get downgraded to um to a p7 status so you're kind of just dancing around the rim of the p8 and out the door for, for, pe- for, for people who are listening or civvies or, yeah, or watching so p7 is bit the levels that you probably know this better than me yeah. levels of uh deployability like your your level of, of health mm. and it's p1 is like you're good to go or you're a ninja. And I think P4 and down is, 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 non-deployable. is non-deployable for whatever reason. So when you end up on P7, you're sort of dancing around the rim of going to be out the door, mm. but but there's still a tiny chance you can make that comeback. And I think I did I did have to, to make that decision. Um, looking, at, looking at the sort of um, ongoing mechanical stuff I had going on, everything from shoulders to... I just had to go see the, uh, the doc about this, the state of this ankle the other mm. day and took one look and went, orthopedic surgeon. So I'm like trying to trying to wangle, maybe we can just talk about this and do some cortisone or something. And, you know, the answer mm. is orthopedic surgeon. I've been hiding from the orthopedic surgeon from this ankle for a while now mm. and uh, it's catching up with me. So <laughs> got to go talk all the injuries. When we were on that job, um, we, we barely spoke, you know, just sort of just for the job. But but when we when I phoned you the other day about this, yeah, it like the reason I got in touch was what you were doing now. So Hidden Valley Bushcraft, yeah. Now I knew you'd had some issues that you know as a lot of people do. I knew you'd had a you know a, a, a good career when you were in, and then from the issues. But to now be doing something which is so appears to me to be so successful, and was started with the intention of helping veterans. Yeah. For whatever reason, it basically runs it. In fact, you explain yeah. what you're doing now. You yeah. Right, okay. Well, so basically, um, that bit before, I had that conversation, that very important conversation whilst I was still in on mm-hmm. that on that P7, P7 rim. And uh, Sergeant Major, I think it was someone like someone like Jim Morris, who's now heavily involved in the RMA, right? And Jim Jim basically said, right, you've got to start thinking about what RMA. you want. Uh, Royal Marines Association. Oh, okay, he, right, yeah. he, he was a sergeant major at the time yeah. um, and was there for years in that role. So, he's, you know, he'd seen he'd seen many lads just like me mm-hmm. um, and, and just, just hit the nail on the head and said, what do you want to do? And of course, I came out with what we think we know how to do, which is kind of on that CP line. So I was like, you know, I might have said something like security or CP. Mm. Uh, might use my French speaking. I'm a native French speaker. Maybe I'll... Um, Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll go work you know work in a kitchen, pick up the trowel again, go back to Brick Lane, lorry driving, all the bits and pieces I picked up in the core and all the other sort of skill sets I had. And he said, <laughs> sort of just went, is that what you want to do? And I was like, well, no. What do you want to do? And at this point, I just just flashed and just sort of said something along the lines of, I don't know, spend all day in the woods gobbing off, but that's not going to pay the mortgage, is it? And then, literally, literally, the answer was get out of my office come back with a plan mm. so I disappeared out Google's your friend <laughs> bomf I'm like that never had I even thought to allow myself my boyhood dream mm. watching rave is spending all my time running around the woods of Sussex actually turning that into into a viable living so I was like right started researching found the best school in the country had this whole snag with the LCAS points. I think you, you covered it on, yeah. on the last... On, uh, you said best school, you mean best forest school? Uh, as, in, as in the best the best school in the country to learn um, bushcraft and oh, survival, okay. survival instruction, which, which to my mind was uh, the Woodcraft School run by Mr John Ryder, um, who 
way back when, used to actually work with Ray Mears. It's a long story, but you had a baseline of anyway from the Marines, didn't you? I had a basic baseline yeah. of living uncomfortably, <laughs> and uh, and and being adept at spending long times in the outdoors. Yeah. And I had a childhood of every weekend building various bits and pieces, traipsing on bits of land I shouldn't have been on, and chasing pheasants around with a catapult, and very just, just William, and getting chased off by angry farmers, etc. So it was all kind of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and my love for the outdoors was still there. And, and probably a large part of the reason I joined the call, you know, mm-hmm. was to spend that time in the outdoors. But obviously to, it's a big thing to give yourself give yourself the permission to go and do what really makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that subsequently kick-started what is now you know, later on, uh, the Woodland Warrior Programme, which is the work I do with veterans, okay? And that is still that is still running, and uh, it's going from strength to strength at the moment. Is that separate to Hidden Valley Bushcraft? So, yeah, so under the umbrella of Hidden Valley Bushcraft, yeah. I did I did a couple of things, um, and I trademarked them all after some early lessons in business, <laughs> which I won't go into here. But, uh, yeah, you've got to learn. Um, I set up Hidden Valley Bushcraft, which is essentially me uh, and, and my other half, Louise, who, by the way, I could not do any of this without. I am mm. a useless man, um, and I fully admit that. You know, She does all the, all the kind of amazing um, HR and admin side of things, mm-hmm. and I'd say I'm more sort of PR and logistics, mm-hmm. or the donkey work of carrying stuff across the fields into the woodland to make it you know, run yeah. um, on a course-by-course basis. But, um, but yeah, without her, I'd have been... So, so I, I undertook this this journey. Did manage to get the funding from the Royal Marines charity, who who helped me out because actually what it transpired was that the LCAS points weren't going to work with this particular course. I think this is a common theme. You're going to hear uh, more of this because yeah. they weren't on a list of providers. They weren't yeah. on a specialist yeah. list of providers. Now the thing is, you either sell out and, and go for something which you see to be not as good, mm-hmm. and always wonder about whether I should have done that course. Um, but it's LCAS approved or, or you try and, you know, and I decided to back myself and, and fight for myself. So, um, you know, with the help of the staff, there's a, there's an employment stripe down there who helped me out um, to, to approach these, you know, entities and bodies in the Royal Marines charity. And they, um, they found the funding. Amazing. I've been on their website, like checking you out. And uh, it's yeah. a great website, the Royal Marines charity. Yeah. It's a charity. Really it's part a small charity, but it packs a big punch. Yeah. It's fantastic. Is it, is it part of the association? Um, I'm trying to think now because there's been a lot of merger like recently. We have, we have the, powers, uh, the Parachute Regiment Association, Regiment Association yeah. which is the PRA, but it's also a registered charity. Yeah. And then there's two other charities, and they're all sort of part of the same group, support our powers. And, um, so, the Airborne Security Fund. Yeah. So do they share a funding pot, but they're yeah. all kind of separate? As far as I'm aware, yeah. I, th- yeah. I think, I mean, I might be speaking out of turn, I think there's been a bit of a thing where some things have been kind of pulled together recently. Um, they might have been separate at one point, yeah. but they are starting to... They all sing off the same song sheet, and they mm. communicate with each other really well. Mm. Um, and whether you're still in the recovery centre, in the sort of Hasler company, as it was known, process, or whether you're outside of that... They still they still managed to make it work really really well and mm-hmm. absolutely hats off to them. So I went away, did this course, did the level three, straight on to level four. How, how long after? Sorry, how long after this was it? Were you, were you still in when you? Well, were I was this? still in. Oh, I was okay. still in. So so I'd done my sort of spent five days a week having everything from yoga, Pilates, acupuncture, hydrotherapy pool sessions with over the road, which is known as the DCMH, the mental health thing. Yeah, you sort of disappear off. The staff don't really see you then. <laughs> it's actually called over the road. Or is it, that the it, it literally is over the road. So when you're referring to it while you're in there as an inmate, you sort of say, oh, where have you been? And they just come back. Like, oh, oh, right, okay, I've just been over the road. Hey, old mate, just, just take five and just chill out over there. Yeah. You know, yeah, over the road. So I spent a lot of time over the road to start yeah. with. Um, 
and uh, and just getting th- wading through it, coming back, barely being able to speak, sleeping for six hours, sleeping it off. At this point, I think I was still. What do you mean, barely being able to speak? I'd come out of those. So I was doing something called eye movement rapid desensitization (EMDR). Yeah. yeah. And it was trashing me. What's that? Was that? What's that then? Oh, it it sounds like something of a clockwork like, orange. Do you know, if, if you'd have told me about it before, I mean, they sort of, yeah, I'm going to have to kind of... <laughs> it basically works along the lines of firing off both sides of the brain yeah. at the same time, um, whilst concentrating on said snag issue, whatever it was, or that's at the forefront of your mind. So identify that issue. And then it kind of just sets off this weird thing. I mean, it's coupled with you either follow a light bar, listen to sounds in your ears, or they, they sort of tap, keep tapping on your knees, or you put your hands on your knees and they tap on them. You, you and do. It, you literally relive stuff. It's honking. While you're doing this repetitive motion. In, a, in, a, in a tiny little square-sided room, which is why we're going to talk about the woods in a minute. And, and I mean, some of the occasions, I remember one particular thing I was working through, I, I was retching into a bin, dry retching at the smell of claret, um, during one of the sessions over something that happened eight years ago yeah. and, and and in that time in that space because it's being freed up from your sort of chimp your limpic yeah. part your brain is, yeah. is holding on mm-hmm. to all that stuff raw yeah. and, and, and it's kind of your, your, your caveman brain mm-hmm. can't really process that information so every time you get drunk or whatever happens and the toxicity level in your supercomputer part of your brain goes alright I'm checking out mm-hmm. guess who comes out to play so we've all had a few beers, and the next day someone's gone. You were an arse last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm just looking at a yeah. couple of individuals Huge, here. Yeah. That is all that, that stuff. That's all that stuff that's unresolved. Going boop. I'll save us. Yeah. It, yeah, it will save you when you when you're up against it in in the middle of the Ulu and and rounds are whipping past you and you're, you're running through whatever because your fight or flight kicks in. You, pumped adrenaline your drills take over yeah that's great mm. not when you're in a pub or a bar or, <laughs> or whatever and, and suddenly you're acting like a complete droid mm. and you, you're losing four or five hours at a time mm. or you wake up 23 <clears throat> having run 23 miles home and your hips are killing you you're thinking what, what happened last night you know it's just yeah mm. it's not good so um did you find that benefit the, the, the clockwork orange box uh, the clockwork orange box the mdr um so I've hit my stuff with it with a number of different angles. It worked to a degree, and it got rid of a lot of initial baggage. Yeah. Um, but it was a very painful, hard process to go through. There are other d- different takes on it. Some people, um, I will add, by the way, I did this. Uh, you know, they're there, obviously, prescribing you pills like Smarties as well at this point. Um, and you've got all that to contend with. But then you've also got uh, neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, mm-hmm. uh, and loads of different sorts of things. And that kind of follows a lot more of a sort of... The way you think affects the way you feel. The mm-hmm. way you feel affects your behaviour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then due to snags and things, your behaviour could be vices and things that we do that are particularly unhealthy for ourselves. And, and we're all completely different. And the way those things play out are different from person to person. Mm-hmm. It could be risk-orientated behaviour, very high in sort of individuals like us could be a sort of uh trying to forget drinks drug that kind of route could be you're getting a new tattoo every week um doing the whole pain scenario or thrashing yourself to death over training mm. um because that works on tour nobody really notices mm. and especially in the environment i was working in who's going to notice that you've taken yourself off to one side and just thrash yourself for three hours mm. three times a day mm. it's just oh yeah he's just doing fizz again he likes his fizz it's mm. a great way to hide the reality is when things all start going bang, 
uh, all the rest of it comes to the forefront then as well. You can't hide anymore. When when you were on the on that tour, you said the psych nurse came around. Did you? Had you? Um... I knew. I knew something was up with me. Okay, oh, mate! I, yeah. <laughs> some of the stuff. Looking back now, I laugh. And some of the guys that were on that tour, who were in my room, will know. Uh, one of them was an American uh, intelligence chap, and um, the other one was uh, the other guy who was in my role. Um, it was uh, Jamie, and uh, I think there was one point where. All that had happened was, for the way we were sleeping in the room, he'd, he'd sort of kicked up his leg in the night and just knocked the plasterboard wall. Mm-hmm. And uh, where my head was, the plasterboard had gone boom in the middle of the night. I sat up and I could I could hear the crunch of like a 500-pounder. I, I, felt, I felt it go through me as if it was... I thought, oh, my God, the main gate's just gone up. We're getting overrun. Next to my bedside, just to show you how, how sort of hyper-vigilant I was, I literally all I had to do was sidled the body armour on with the helmet clipped on everything hanging off me <laughs> the GPMG was on the floor with the link wrapped round it good to go and I was off out the door as if I'm going to the, the my assigned position to mm. make my final stand and this was a tiny little location and we were relying completely on uh, the Afghans for our eyes and ears centuries mm. everything we were completely in their hands oh, in this nightmare. particular place I was in so I was literally Living on black coffee, didn't realise what that was doing to my CNS. You know, just drinking black coffee. CNS. Uh, Central nervousism. Having about three genuine panic attacks a night. Just like heart pounding. Just interesting you mentioned caffeine. Pacing about like an absolute clown. Mm. Hitting the punch bag for, for hours on end. Like a Duracell bunny. Mm. It's just trashed. I couldn't see it. Mm. She took one look at me and just went, okay. And then when we, when we had a chat, I probably came out with a load of stuff. And um, probably made lots of reference to my first tour feeling bad about well that's it then it's all wrapping up that's the end of Afghan and mm. nobody would care about all these lads that have paid the ultimate price etc and um, and it was weighing heavily on me you know um, to the point where I was just my glass was full I was done I mm. couldn't see it mm. so I came back to the UK and um, had a chat she asked me about three questions in her office <sighs> tears broken absolute broken biscuit she would, I mean just a long line on the paper shh you sent me on leave I was owed a lot of leave mm-hmm. um, I won't go into just how much leave I was owed from how long I've been, been on yeah. the bounce but that, that if I said that that was a seven month tour and I didn't get any R&R during that time in fact my R&R I spent five days on a drip in Kandahar out of it where I'd got some kind of infection through a really tiny little superficial cut on my arm I was just so run down um, but yeah there we go that's life Mm. So, uh, yeah, so no, it goes. Um, Seven months then, without an hour, yeah, yeah, and then luckily, luckily, we just moved to a house uh, a week before I'd um, deployed. We'd been in the house for a week. We had our first meal. Ah, uh, so you you were with Louise box. at that time? Thankfully, mate, I was with Louise because I think I had a cabinet full of firearms and I was mad. Like, I was absolutely bonkers. Um, checking the front door, checking the back door repeatedly locking it just like opsec through the roof to the point of just completely paranoid was being followed up all over the place yeah um it was horrendous blue tack over the uh, mobile phone laptop don't know if anyone's done that or been there <laughs> okay you just keep quiet you just keep quiet yeah. uh, these are all common traits of, of stuff but then also you know from a security background it, when you know as much as, yeah. as, as you do um you know that these things are porous and that they are potentially a problem mm-hmm. but only so long as you're interested to someone but in your mind, we're really interested in to people. So mm. it's, just, it's just one of those again. So um, there was a bit of a glitch slash hiccup 
Paul thought I was in uh, Plymouth. Plymouth thought I was in Paul. For whatever reason, I spent a further seven months at home um, creating my own safety behaviours. Um, but luckily, I bought that woodland. So I bought the woodland, bought the house, oh, right, so you... and just lost myself working in this piece of woodland. Still in? Uh, well, still in, you yeah. Still in? I spent all the money off my third tour buying the woodland, which was just like untouched for 40, 50 years. And is this woodland where Hidden Valley... This is where the Hidden Valley right. Bushcraft takes place. This is the start of it, then. This is the start, yeah. yeah. But sorry, that was what sorry I've taken my time to, no, dra- no, no, to drag yeah. you to the, to the, start, right, yeah. the start line. But yeah. I'm looking forward to this Hidden Valley bit, you see. I've been, well, I've been waiting all week for it, really. This is yeah. it. This is it. So, um, basically, <laughs> a lot of work needed to be done. Yeah. And I just I just kind of knew what, what I needed for me. So, people were like, oh, do you want to borrow my chainsaw? Do you want to I was like, hand tools only. I, gave them the, <laughs> I know more than you. And the reality was, if I'm deadly honest, my internal monologue was going so fast and so hard. I, uh, I cleared out an area which I can only describe as tertiary jungle, um, cut to ribbons, um, but happy as a pig in muck. And I hand dug in perfect lines. I hand dug out every bramble on this slope to create what is now an orchard. Uh, every single bramble I stopped and dug out the roots and threw it onto a bonfire um, with no radio. Like I said, just, just quietly, methodically, mm. not so quietly, working through stuff, replaying arguments and things I can never go back on or change. Yeah. expecting a different outcome yeah right that's definition of insanity mm. um but it, it really did it saved me and um and i threw myself into it uh between that and the house i put in a rayburn uh changed all seven chimney pots that was another one my new neighbors are suddenly watching this bloke walking around with a 40 kilo chimney pot on the roof with no harness just <laughs> i didn't care i literally didn't mm. care if i slipped Mm. Inshallah, <laughs> you know, I was at that point. Uh, so, so I did a lot of work to the house, and it and it, it saved me, yeah. putting myself back into repurposing and doing something um, good. Did, did you step out of the um, the medical support then when when you left? So I, I did, and I didn't. Um, I think there's, st- there's still a place for me there if, if if I want to. There's a thing called the transition liaison service they've now set up. So the RBL uh, Royal British Legion. Um, I had a couple of appointments with them and I'm, I'm still waiting for them to get back to me on something else. But um, what I've done as a bit of bit of sort of self-empowerment is mm-hmm. some some really, really good guys, and I need to make a mention to them, is uh, Jamie Sanderson, a rock to recovery charity, mm-hmm. second to none. And it doesn't matter whether you're your marine parrot. It, it's it's a tri-service. Uh, it's open to everyone. The charity is rock uh, to recovery. This charity, yeah. yeah. Um, originally started off as sort of a boonicky type thing, and now mm-hmm. it's now it's everywhere. They've just opened up a clinic. They run up in York. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely incredible. And that sort of NLP type stuff I was talking about is much more their elk, mm-hmm. their kind of uh, their kind of way of doing things. Just before um, we, we had a documentary on ITV recently called "Give It a Year" with Karen Brady. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. I saw so that. filming that, I was a just bag of nerves and I hated the fact the camera was watching me and I had to kind of get over a lot of that phobia now and I'm still conscious of this thing but um <laughs> it's not as bad as the big black orb you know and um and just before that went out I was I was really I'm not gonna lie I was really angst um gave them a call you would be though you would be well, it's, it's, it's especially it's your baby publicizing yeah, you, you want even though it's what you're doing is like fantastic it's always been in the back of your mind someone's gonna hate this yeah, I think it was that it was that old it was that old opsec thing again. I mean, I'm, there's hundreds of veterans out there, but the yeah. fact that you're advertising yourself as former Royal Marine Commando, you've only got to type in, you know, it's common sense. You type in, yeah. in Valley Bushcraft that comes, you know, an address and yeah. 
So yeah, so the new front door doesn't have a post box, but yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there's uh, my other half's in the police as well, so there's all that going on. But um, but yeah, so so I, I just jumped on down the M5, went and saw them. They've got drop-in clinic for veterans at Exmouth. Um, I made an appointment and I went in and spoke to one of the practitioners there. Came out feeling like a million dollars. Did you go in conscious just that you should have a follow-up? Just a no, no, I went, you go in, I went, I went in got... feeling feeling like my cup was was toppers yeah, again. But yeah. but now with the hindsight of management of the condition, or if you want to even call it that, is the behaviours, right? Yeah. Okay, the, the D, the disorder part, which is chronically ingrained in you sometimes you can catch yourself doing stuff and dress yourself back Mm -hmm. but it's a long process of every time you fall and you go to the bottom of the barrel you kind of dust yourself off and go and look at why how what was the point what what kind of kicked Mm -hmm. off there what did it remind me of where did i go back to there's some things you just can't get rid of like today today i was talking to a lovely local about some firewood that was coming off of a building site and i was thinking right okay i could try and reuse this and i try i like to repurpose a lot of things mm-hmm, yeah. and as he did so the builder above me fired off the na- nail gun and i sort of just took a massive step back and I, was like, I was just like <laughs> you know when your heart just goes, did, did, did it for a second and, and it, no it's a nail gun i watched him then i stopped talking to the local completely i watched him bang the next nail in so I could tell myself that is an L gun. Get that message across. Right, we're good. Now we can crack on. Didn't flinch again. Mm, yeah. But it is catching yourself and not letting it become something it's not. You know, because mm-hmm. that was then and this is now, mm-hmm. and we're going forwards now. Yeah. And um, it's tell hard. us about Hidden Valley. Let's go forward. <laughs> to Hidden Valley. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about Hidden Valley. He doesn't care about Should I get a fire on? Tell, <laughs> yeah, tell us. Uh, so it's, it's for what I liked about it on your website. It's not just adults; it's for children as it, well, isn't it? It, it, it is, mate. It I is, thought that right. was really cool. Like, so let's go back to the. I'm terrible yeah. as well, though, boys. I'm awesome. Mate, no, listen. You ignore the boring one. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's, it's, it's the way the brain goes. Yeah. Where the brain goes, mate. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's amazing. Go on. So, so Karen, Karen encouraged us to get yeah. involved with the schools and saw that that would be bread and butter, and was worried that uh, I would sell myself short or do everything for charity. And, yeah, I help everyone and you know any way I can and break myself doing that. Yeah. And altruism is a double-edged sword, which is why it's only a small part of what I do. Yeah. But I've made sure that's a, it's bread and butter, and then that's how I do my giving back uh, in a very sort of slow, subtle way. Um, so I created Hidden Valley Bushcraft, which is the wilderness living skills uh, and, and knowledge of our ancestors, teaching everything from... A knowledge of what, sorry? Of our ancestors, so all yeah. the stuff that's getting lost. Basic skills that aren't being taught to kids. People, do, well, so many people don't know basics yeah. of like survival and yeah. bushcraft skills. A handful it's of not unbelievable. And I quite often get asked by people, "What's the purpose of learning this particular knot?" And I go, "Well, next time you go to B and Q and it doesn't fit in the boot, this is how you're going to do mm. it on the roof rack." And then they go, <laughs> "Then they go." Oh yeah, this is actually quite interesting. So, so they start to listen. If you do get heckled I mean, occasionally, the thing is that these people they watch Walking Dead on TV, and if that situation come to life, oh. they would be struggling. And it's it's oh. bushcraft people. That I, really I, I told myself I wouldn't go off on one about this, <laughs> but there is a strong movement for this genre of person who's living in this zombie apocalyptic ninja survival fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Who will turn up to courses Do with a uh, uh, standard issue machete and a carbon scabboard no way. for all the tertiary jungle that we've got here in the UK? <laughs> yeah. And you just think, Christ. Well, they, um, 
prepping. Prepping is uh, Americans, don't they? Do they call it a lot of prepping kind of stuff? Like prepping to me is basically pauperzo in the same way that we yeah. would really like. Right, if we took up golf, we'd be there oiling the clubs, going through every meticulous. Yeah. Not the same with the firearms in the house. My clubs are stink. Sometimes every now and again, I need to clean every gun in the house. So it's just the way <laughs> no, it goes. No. Firing pins and all sorts. Long bows, whatever it is I'm playing with, it's the same attention to detail and care that you get from the armed forces that you yeah. look after your kit. The Land Rover is constantly having something done to it or <laughs> yeah. looking after it in some way. There's some, with, it's with, pride, it's pride, though. With, with the woodland thing, though, there's something and it applies to anyone, I, I think. I've seen it with my kids. I see it with... Yeah. You, know, you will see it with adults, being silly or a veteran. And that's there why... There is something about boiling it back, going out into the Ulu. Yeah. Yeah. Look, go back. I've got an example of my kids. They, I've taken them camping from a very young age. I mean, proper camping. Like, not yeah. campsite. Go camping. Top. <laughs> exactly. Right? Poncho. Okay, yeah. cut the sleeping bags. Yeah. Roll that if they're lucky. Slush. Get the fire on. And I remember the first time I took them... The first time I went, my youngest couldn't go. She was like a year old, a year, two years old. And then uh, the eldest was seven or eight. Took her along. Took her with a couple of her friends and their dad. And um, we went about 3, 8, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And we were thinking, oh, God, how's this going to go? Because we went in an area, you know, the old military thing. I knew the nearest water source was. Oh, I knew the nearest nearest people were going to be. Local knowledge, it's gold. Yeah, <laughs> so I knew everything, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. From from a survival point of view, but also safety point of view. I knew if they went 200 metres this way, or 50 metres that way, the water there, don't yeah. go that way. I also knew, if I, as long as I could hear them, yeah. then they were close enough that they weren't in any roads, yeah. no people, no nothing, because we were in the dead ground. But, so yeah, they had... Um, Back then, with no phones, no no iPads, no nothing. They went off. They came back, pitch black, had the fire. We did the old, um, we did uh, initiations. We all sat down the fire. You know, you ever done that in the military? Stuff? We're in debt where you do it. All right, stand up, Joe. Tell us about, tell tell us about, us about, about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Ice, uh, joke. ice breakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah ice breakers. breakers. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. do it with the kids. Yeah. And uh, we went my first. He went, I'm caught such and such, two power, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, my, my, my daughter went there. She went, uh my name's Ellie May. My favourite <laughs> colour's pink. <laughs> we were worried, right? You, you laugh. I still do that stuff. When I go on I, courses, yeah. I'm Nick, I'm a Capricorn, I enjoy long walks on the beach. Yeah. It's just like, next person. Just... <laughs> next day, they didn't want to leave. They get midday, they didn't want to leave. Yeah, and all they had was nothing. They had the ulu. They had trees, they had grass, they had... They could, but because they thought they could go anywhere, yeah. they thought we got run in the middle. And to this day, even now, I mean, they're 13 and 9 now, we take them, and they they love their phones, they love their iPad, you take them there, they don't even think about them. They don't even think about them. They will spend days there. I get them on the airway full, they make bows and arrows. Yeah. They don't care. But it's going back to that. Take take yeah. all of the Good. take all the artificial <laughs> stimuli away, well, if you, boil it back, and it's nothing. You can't beat it. You can't well, beat it. and that's essentially why, when I was trying to think of something that would, would be able to make, why has it made a difference to me? Why mm. does it make a difference to anyone? Well, it's only 300,000 years worth of evolution that states... I mean, what do, what do we know? If you stick us around a campfire, we're going to start to talk and share. And if you, you get us cooking as well as a family unit, which is something we've always done and something we specialise in Rally Bushcraft, the, the foraging and the wild cooking, uh, then suddenly conversations are going to start to take place, regardless of whether somebody's trying to keep themselves tighter than a duck's butt. That mm-hmm. takes me on it to comes out. next question. You 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 specialise in cooking, don't you? Is that right? Yeah, I was a, I was a, a bootneck chef. I did the only right. course that no one ever passed. <laughs> so um, on on in Hidden Valley, you teach a lot of cooking, yeah. wild cooking. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. What What's your favourite thing to cook? Or if your favourite wild meal, <sighs> so to say, not 
I think not menu D. It's difficult because there's, there's two main times of the year where I get particularly excited. Yeah. Okay, so you've got spring where you, where you start to see an awful lot of things happening. There's things popping out all over the place. Got lots of little wild flowers and we get a lot of wild garlic. Get all sorts of interesting yeah. tastes. And from a from a chefy perspective, that's when I get particularly excited. There's one one in particular called the Lady Smock. Okay, mm-hmm. it's cardamine pretensis and cardamine, mm-hmm. right. and it's the petals. They're like a little pinky type petal that comes out of the ground. It's found on sort of um, usually sort of wet ground, and we've got quite a bit of it in the wood that pops out. Oh, it's amazing! Lots of fancy restaurants in London might want to taste like cardamom. Fin- finish off their soups. It's like a perfumey taste, and it's got like a peppery bite, almost yeah. like a habanero pa- peppery bite to the back end of it, but like a like a perfumey taste to start mm-hmm. with. There's nothing else out there that kind of it just, and it. If you have spent a couple of days in the woods and you sort of tuned in a bit, that flavour just punches through straight away. Because yeah. it it is quite easy to. I mean, even if you kind of you know what you're looking for and you go and you find burdock root, for instance, which is a, a source of carbs and starches. And before the potato was big on our sort of our sort of diet, um, I did an ethno botanical course, a sort of level four in ethnobotany with with John Ryder at Woodcroft What's School. Uh... I've since been back to Woodcroft School and kept up my CPD. Right, keep doing um, it. What's ethnobotany? And kept pushing the envelope. Uh, yeah. Ethnobotany is the study of trees, plants, flowers, their chemical constituents, but in particular their relationship to us as humans. So whether we used it for mm. medicine, poison, mm-hmm. uh, or food, mm-hmm. in some way or shape or form, right the way back to our earliest ancestors mm-hmm. to today. Um, and what I like to do on my world cooking days is get people to have a little look at some of that diet and make a modern comparison and evaluation to today. So I might cook up uh, a burdock root, make burdock root chips, okay, with a sort of nutty flavour, and I'll turn a potato into chips. And I'll go, right then, can all taste it, right, can you see why we turned our back on the, on the burdock? And a lot of them will go, no, but this tastes lush. And I'll go, but did you see how many calories went into digging up the thing? Uh, you know potatoes just it's easy boom you can pull them up by hand you know and it's, it's a lot easier to, to propagate it's a lot easier to you ever heard of mitochondria I have I have yeah have you heard of mitochondria no. mitochondrial oh, mate. Who's I feel like a Jedi now yeah it's a thing of the life force under the ground oh, that connects dear. all living things it's like oh. a fungus right you will know more of this mycelium 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 right? under <laughs> the ground found, is that? right oh shit it's a sound engineer. The basic gist behind the mycelium yeah. thing is uh, that uh, all the trees uh, can communicate to a degree. Right. Uh, our so friends at Kew Gardens have studied all this sort of thing. Yeah. Basically, um, there was a whole train of thought that we used to live, we as our, our native ancestors used to live, uh, go around building our sort of stick-framed uh, cabooshes for the night, and then we'd cover it with leaf matter, a bit like you're taught in the armed forces to disappear and spend the night under the wild. And you need the reality is you need literally shoulder to arms worth of material to actually keep the rain out. Right. Okay, I defy someone to go and build one of these things and not spend at least 1,700 calories doing it, mm. bending down, picking yeah. out all the oh, rest okay. of it. You're blitzed at the end of it. You're so tired, you might as well just, just wrap your bangers in the sleep and lie there anyway and then just suffer whatever comes your way. Yeah. The reality was we probably actually slept under hides, a bit like the Mongols and the, the Yurts, right. but we would have made small structures and slept under hides and, and, and moved about following the herds of deer or our food source, uh, yeah. as we did. I can't go back in time. I can't prove that or disprove that, but I think it's much more likely our ancestors you knew a hell of a lot more about the woods than we do today yeah. and, and would have known that in ripping up all this leaf matter... 
you literally cut those lines of communication. And the way this kind of works is if uh, if an ash, for instance, picks up uh, cholera ash dieback or the Fraxinus boring beetle or something's attacking it, okay, for some unknown reason, the tree next to it, which could be something completely different, starts putting on loads of leaf next time it comes into season. It's panicking. It's putting out as many solar panels as possible all the way down the trunk. It's pan- it, goes, it, it has a, yeah. a flurry of economic growth. That's it just goes everywhere. Okay? Time, yeah. And it's desperately doing that, but there's no explanation as to why. So at some point, these two have shared a message, mm-hmm. and this one has electrochemically or bio. I don't know, biologically, somehow it's sent this message into this one and gone, I'm in trouble, so you better put your guard up. They are, listen to this, it's exactly the same thing. So they, they know that giraffes eat eucalyptus trees, right? Yeah. Is it eucalyptus eat? Um, yeah, I, I know what you're referring to. Oh, is that to. this koala bear? Anyway, yeah, giraffe eats something. Go on. Koala the giraffe bear. doesn't eat... Koala bear. <laughs> this, giraffe. this particular sub This thing along yeah, there yeah. eats this green thing, right? Yeah. And when it eats this green thing, I can't remember what the plant is. Could it be a koala bear riding a giraffe. Kilometres, kilometres away. Clearly yeah. into the pagan. Kilometres away. <laughs> the same type of plant, tree, whatever it yeah. is, changes the way it tastes. So it tastes, it knows yeah, it's so. getting eaten up there. Whoa, 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 hold yeah, on. Clever, Here's another one. Here's another one. Have plants got ears? They certainly have not, right? They've done experiments where they recorded the minuscule sound of a caterpillar crunching on a leaf. In stew in a in a, in a controlled environment, they've played on flipping speakers the sound of caterpillars chewing leaves and plants. This is not the same. Have to changed tree. the way they taste through listening to a caterpillar chewing. This is fact. Mm-hmm. This is fact. Look at his face. Oh, I, I can't comment. <laughs> I can't comment on yeah, any of this. Hundred percent. It's fact. Good to see you for that one. It's but fact. yeah, there, there is some pretty funky stuff going on. Out there. It messes vegans about. It messes <laughs> vegans about. It, Nick, I have the quite, plants I have care. quite the a plants, few vegans on my courses. Know. I have quite a few vegans on my right. courses. I'm butchering a, a deer nose to tail and talking about sustainability and harvesting. No, because this is an important point. Mm. And I, and I do kind of point out the fact that. Um, the fact that if we hadn't have done this, we wouldn't be where we are now. If, if you read the book Sapiens, mm-hmm. it talks about how our jaws were so much bigger before because we had to had to basically break down all this kind of food and, and, and eat a certain way and all that sort of thing. And obviously, once we discovered fire and the refinement of cooking, jaws kind of went back in and we didn't have to work as hard. And... Nick, who is your bushcraft idol? But let me just set this scenario. We've walked into a bar. Oh, on the on. left, on. on the left, there's Ray Mears. Uh, playing a recorder that he's just riddled out of some ash tree. <laughs> right, yeah. On the right, sat down, is Bear Grylls drinking a pint of his own neural. Neural's going to get ambushed with this one, yep. Who would you go and sit with first to have a chat? I think it's a difficult one. Uh, obviously, Bear Grylls is a honorary corps colonel and wears a green beret. We'll leave that there. So I think, um, basically... Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we left that it's, there. It's, 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 a diff, it's a difficult one. Yeah, uh, incredible, incredible guy for the outdoors. Uh, gets a lot of youngsters out there um, and is probably probably solely attributable for, for the amount of people that have come come onto my courses of late going, you know, my son just wants to be like Bear Grylls yeah. and, and, and come and learn some viable skills with us, which is what we'll, we'll yeah. then do for them. Yeah. Um, but equally so, I mean, my sort of boyhood watching... watching uh, Ray sitting down yeah. at, the, at the base of a big tree, cracking out and making out a bread. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, just to get that quick plug in there, I made some beer bread the other day with Druid. You'll see that on my social media, <laughs> yeah. and it went down really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think it would be it would be much more um, probably the chat with Ray first. I'd yeah. still go and speak to Bear. Yeah. But it would just be after I've had a quick chat with with Ray, um, just to. Yeah. I, I'd like to see him in the octagon having a celebrity death match together, because. Bear's a bit of a ninja, but yeah, I wouldn't like to get in a fight with Ray. I think word on the street is that, that Ray Ray actually went to... I'm going to put myself out there. Is he a studied, judo? Studied stuff? judo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a tidy old boy. He's, he's a unit. Yeah. He's a unit, It'd be mate. a great you know celebrity mean? death match in the octagon. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, all, I've thought about that quite a lot. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm coming here again. I know. Jesus. Legend has it. Oh, dear. And I may be completely wrong. Okay. Uh, so uh, Bear was obviously um, two three. Hereford, Hereford two three. Ta, he was. I think. I think yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of lot of speculation about these things in armchair generals. Yeah, like every pub up and down Bear, the land saying that oh, they knew him and they knew this, that, and the other. Well, no, Bear was two three, wasn't he? Bear was two three. Yeah. yeah so it's like um, uh, the uh, TASAS or whatever you want to call it now. Um, but. Before Bear's time, again, we're going back to. I mean, Bear's amazing, Ray's amazing, but our generation. Yeah, I remember, well, I remember both going of them have Ray. done. Well, both of them have really done to keep enough. that spirit of yeah. Yeah. of youngsters going into the outdoors alive is immense. Yeah. And uh, and at some point, there is going to be that passing of the baton, and yeah. and it's about you know blokes like ourselves, or in this case, particular case, me this time, doing that next stint, and then I'll hand over to someone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it is just going to get lost. The way I, that things are moving forward. Here, I think it's doing at the moment. I think bushcraft's doing really good. It's 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 got so much more interest than what yeah. I think it previously had. I mean, like the old like lofty wiseman and that kind of like back in. Yeah. In that, I think now it's like. Um, I mean, I follow it. MQ Sit. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike. That's it. Yeah. I watch it. I follow it. I'm very informative videos. Yeah, I watch good. his videos on YouTube. Who? Very well Mike. presented. I want one of his knives, but I can't. Well, my missus. Ask, my, my miss, ask him. <laughs> my missus. <laughs> ask him. Yeah, Mike, send us a knife, please. My missus yeah. won't let me spend that kind of money on one yet. Yeah, but there, one, there, uh, there is a, a lot but, of there yeah. is a lot. Of, it's like any any uh, anything you can get into. Great. There's a whole industry just in kit. Yeah. Um, I suppose what I'm trying to kind of promote and work with is is moving away from the kit thing. Yeah, yeah. And the kit the kit thing is is you know part of any viable business, and there will be bits and pieces that we might start to to move onto pretty soon but yeah for now the main focus is about teaching people um viable skills which are you know it the, the more you know the less you have to carry yeah. and we are quite kit reliant in the armed forces and you only start to see that when you get to a stage in in in, in the whole bushcraft thing where you are literally disappearing into the south coast into the woods for three days with no water and no sleeping bag and, and you're on a handful of kit whatever you can fit in a claymore bag claymore bag yeah. challenge type stuff and you do three full days and you're just bored to tears basically using a Millbank bag, getting water every two minutes, yeah. making sure your wood selection is right, making sure that uh, you're orientated the right side of the wind, making sure that you're up off the floor, making sure that you're making every last little bit. I mean, even if it's heating igneous rock out the, at the bottom of the river, granite or something, heating it on the fire and then last minute dropping it underneath your bed. So you've got a long log fire, you've got heat coming from the side, heat coming from underneath, and, and the type of wood you're burning. You've got your low and slow your oak taking you through to the early hours of the morning. At best, you're still only getting four hours kip before you wake up with the shudder. But then you've got yourself a nice piece underneath and you just lean out an arm, put that on there, and that then yeah. starts to take another wall of flame. You get another sort of maybe two, two-hour stints and you're up looking for food, looking for more water again. It's actually quite boring and it's monotonous and it 
you know, it gets to you after a while, but, yeah. but that's the harsh reality of it, and you've got to keep up those basic skills. It's great to be able to whittle yourself, uh, make yourself a whole canoe or whatever it's going to be, but it's going to be massively calorifically intensive, and unless you've got the basics sorted and you've got regular food source and regular water, mm, yeah. you're in trouble, you know, okay? So then you've got to kind of think to yourself why I'm actually in this situation in the first place. And there's a lot of people out there, as we sort of just, you kind of touched on, you've got survival, yeah. wilderness living skills. And then you've got the whole zombie, ninja, yeah. apocalyptic, fantasy yeah. stuff that's going on over here. The reality is if you're in Scotland and uh, the nearest police station is 300 miles away and you slip off one of those big raised roads that run through uh, the mountain and you do put your hands through the steering wheel as it's turning as you're going down the side of the bank there and you break both arms, what good is bow drill method fired by friction to you? Mm. Oh, I saw that. Do you know Did what you I mean? see that on his Instagram? And it, and it's, no, no, no. it's a nice to I'm know, not, no, and it's, it's incredible to have all that knowledge and know all the different types of wood. Yeah. For a start, you've got to be able to recognise all of our native woods and know what properties they have. You know, because something like chestnut contains heavy tannins, the same sort of tannins in a cup of tea, and therefore won't get, won't ever be able to get up to the required temperature for you to, for it to sustain itself as an ember. So it, it, you're Most kind of, of you're weaning the wind yeah. from the off with that one. But there are other combinations of wood that work really well. But then you've still got to find them in the right state. And what you made reference to earlier, that, that um, mycelium. So there's an endophytic mycelium, okay? So a mushroom happening in... So, so a fungal attack happening within the wood, which is mm-hmm. probably what's killed it in the first place. Something like hazel, we all recognise, hopefully, grows on a sort of upside-down stool because it's probably been coppiced throughout the years, okay? And uh, grows these nice straight rods, mm-hmm. okay? Produces the hazelnut. That's a quite a good one to go to when you're looking for your spindle. Yeah. Because the diameter might already be there, and it might be that you could just break out a nice dry piece like that. Minimal carving, minimal carpentry. Then and you're saving yourself time and calories, aren't you? Mm-hmm. But even then, it's still still knife skills. It's still there's lots that go into it. I think you start watching it. Start I, your Instagram. Watch. I think lots of I think we need to book in and get down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, I need. I don't know my trees well enough. <laughs> I need to learn my trees. So do you know the hazel? Oh, and he said this is a straight one. Oh yeah, straight I, one. I, I am literally an absolute geek for this stuff. But it's it's taking that all that 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 love I had for my military career yeah. before, which I'm still proud of now. Uh, and just just switching fire and applying all that knowledge and ability that, and all the stuff you took on as a soldier. I mean, forgetting forgetting all your kind of acronyms and things like. I still remember. There's a couple I've taken forward as a businessman, right? One's Cadme, confidence, attitude, diligence, manner, and enthusiasm. Okay, so when you're doing your junior command course or you're getting ready for it, as mm. I was kind of thinking about getting ready for it, I had this sort of thing stuck in my locker, and it's those kind of key values and, and core beliefs that kind of if you stick to and you stay with your ethos and and don't go chasing magic, you know, shiny carrots of pots of gold all over the place and stick to what you're about, yeah. you can't really go wrong because mm. no no one can be better at your game than you, yeah. mm. you know, and just, just just focus on where you're going and get on with it and stop looking mm. at what everyone else is yeah, doing. Just, of, stay true to yourself. I think really a lot of so. difficulties when, when, you, when you're in is that, um, like, you know that now, I know that now, you know that now. Now? Man, when you're in... <laughs> You don't have that thought. You just don't have Brooks it. Brooks are on four hundred pound a day doing CP. Yeah, you're thinking. You're it. thinking. I'm going to go in this lunchtime. That's it. That's, I'm going to press the keys. I'm done. Yeah, because yeah. because you 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 trust you everyone you know you trust implicitly. You trust what they're saying. And for the people who are out, and mm. if they get the question, I know people like this. Time, if you get the question, we all say like, like this. you're out and they're in. What the guy out or the woman out doesn't want to say is, yeah, heartmates, oh, it's crap. 
It's, it's a big thing. They don't want to do it. It's, it's a right. big thing they go, to do. It is mega. Mm. They only say it's good. They don't want to talk about the bad points because to them it's like a, they failed in Civvy Street. So there's no. there's, a, there's a couple of things I've identified and, and under the sort of Woodland Warrior programme, the veteran side of things we do. Mm. Uh, so you've got, I've spoken a bit about and shown you some of the detail we can go into with the adult stuff. Mm. Uh, let's let's just talk about the veteran stuff if that's all right. Yeah. And, then, and then I'll tell you about the kids stuff which mm-hmm. you clearly want to know. <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah, uh, the veteran stuff, the Woodland Warrior programme. So out of some of the conversations that I was having and some of the experiences that I was having around the campfire, because it kind of started off with, with me down the woods a lot and probably Louise wondering, is he actually going to come back today? Because he's literally down there all the time. And I just needed to be by the fire and just working and then just by the fire. And it's just something I had to do, go mm-hmm. through and find out. And just staring into the embers till the early hours of the morning. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, sometimes it was probably holding the, the remnants of an empty bottle of rum, just wondering mm. what was it all about, mm-hmm. you know. Was it even worth it? Um, some friends of mine had some marital issues. I'm getting phone calls. Mate, can we just come down your woods? Just do a maiden. I've had enough of it all. Yeah, sure. So we get, drop everything down the woods. Now there's two bottles of rum and two blokes staring into the embers in the fire. <laughs> you know, laugh, cry. It all comes out around the fire. It goes around the fire, stays around the fire, mm-hmm. unless it's a threat to life, in which case you've got to act on it. Um, so so that kind of was the, the very basic early, early days. And then suddenly there was three of us or four of us and... And I suddenly realised that I was coming out of the other side of it as people were just just still right on that. And I started to see myself in those early stages. Mm. And it kind of carried on from there. And the more sessions I did with people like Rotter Recovery, with people like Over the Road, the more I started to kind of empower myself with the knowledge of how the brain works and how things work. And then I started looking at it and going, do you know what? Because of where I'd got to with my career, I'd ceased to see... The sergeant major. I ceased to see the Razman or the Stickman or whatever you call him um, as as this all-powerful being entity. And I started to look at it, uh, and this was wrong maybe to say this at the time, but I started to look at it as lifer, fat man in pants, uh, wearing wearing the same wearing the same uniform as me. But mm. it doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Mm-hmm. I was dead inside. So um, so so I was like, there's got to be another path. There's got to be another way. And um, through the bushcraft journey, I, uh, I met I met a good friend of mine, Phil Phil Brook, who now actually, he works with John Ryder, uh, and was was actually one of the, one of the head instructor on the course when I was learning the real the real finer points of all the meat and on, on the bones of my knowledge of the outdoors. Mm. Uh, and I now deliver the Wooden Warrior program with Phil. I have him on board with me for that because he very much rec- uh, represents that generation that didn't get the help. And I'm sure he wouldn't mind me just mm-hmm. sharing this. Um, he, he was in uh, PW, PWRR, mm-hmm. yep. um, 04, Alamara, pretty much cut off. And those boys had a rough time of it. Long story short. Uh, was that not the yeah. Battle of Danny Boy? Yeah, around that time. So, yeah. so subsequently, he stayed in for a bit, did the parachute, parachute free fall team, uh, did another tour, um, you know, served honourably, um, left, did the CP thing, discovered the bushcraft thing. Um, did the same course, the same instructor course, albeit years before me. Um, having beforehand travelled the world on a motorbike, he went around all around Central Asia and did some pretty cool stuff. And he's got a pretty cool story about that. I won't take that away from him. That's for him to tell. And um, and, and grew an almighty beard. And he knew how this. And this brings me to my next point. And as this new identity as Phil Brook, and then, and then he found his niche. Okay, so if, whereas I would say. I'm particularly good at being able to cook things in the outdoors and cooking and that whole kind of journey of who we were. And I find that very grounding. English longbows. The man is a bowyer. 
Mm. He just looks at a tree and goes, well, there's a couple of bows in that, and he'll know. You know, We're talking felling <laughs> yeah. it with an axe by hand, making hardwood wedges, splitting out the staves, seasoning it, the whole process by hand, um, and he has a very successful business now that's, that's growing out of that. He'll be, he'll be uh, on the big stage talking at the Wilderness Gathering this year about, about bows and stuff. So I have him alongside, because he represents that generation that left without any help for heroes. There was no recovery centre he just had to find his own way. And, mm. and you boys probably had something very similar, I would have thought. I don't know. But um, hats off to him. So so we do this thing. So we get them out into the outdoors. And, um, you know, it's all very kind of... Uh, it's based around bushcraft and the natural world. Okay, so the stuff we're teaching is all just viable skills. It's stuff far above and beyond what you'd normally get in your survival package. Okay, it's we're not quite so much doing the boil in the bag thing. We're learning about medicines, poisons. Mm-hmm edible stuff in, in, in the undergrowth and we talk about all the different times of year and stuff um but but it's all those basic skills it's using a knife it's it's self kind of empowerment personal skills and things like that uh, but then we come together as a group and we, mm. we'll eat together every time and then and there's some some key important parts to, to the journey there um legacy uh self-worth and identity are three massive things for a service leaver when you leave you've got to know that you're taking off this beret and you're putting on another policeman's hat or, or, or a fireman's hat, whatever it is, that's an easy thing to do because it's like I've got legacy, self-worth and identity. Bang, one yeah. for one, easy. What happens when you come to that end of that career is you have a nine times out of ten, and I've seen it recently and, and sadly it doesn't always go so well, monumental wobble that you would have had at the end of your military career but you just kind of just kept yourself rolling. Totally you know? yeah. A lot of people go to the, um, the, the prison service become a screw keep mm. the pension rolling yeah. uniform turn out turn up on time all those kind of it's, it's an easy exchange yeah. and i think that's what a lot of us saw in that security company that you made reference to mm. before mm-hmm. and it's just a, a seamless transition well, there was coppers and all sorts working there oh yeah, there was, it, yeah. And, and that's what made it so good though because you yeah. had you needed those uh i'm going to say it again those donkey walloper regiments i mean i remember the first time i was i was running around a field at two in the morning there's a quarter of a million pounds worth of horse on the run what do i know about capturing a horse i'm a bootneck you know, but that one of those would just walk up, stand side on, make the right noises, pick it up, pick up the bridle doodah, stick the gimp gimp bit in its teeth, the gimp mask on, and then it would just <laughs> go straight back into its into its stable. Yeah. You know, on autopilot. Not not me messing about mm. with the blanket, chasing it around the field. <laughs> Hilarious. So I had to learn the hard way, and from those guys. But mm-hmm. if they weren't on that team, it wouldn't have happened. Mm. So the Woodland Warrior program, yeah. So so we um, it's it's a subtle thing. You can see somebody in distress, and somebody can even recognise they're in distress, and you can kind of go, go on this course, it's really good for you. But for the fact I just pointed, and the body language, and the way I kind of said it, do you know what you should do? You should go and do this. And I remember Mm. when people did that to me, all I wanted to do was take the finger off and stick it in their eye. How dare you (laughs) tell me what to do? My sense of anti-authoritarianism was through the roof. I was raging. After you. After things yeah, yeah. panned out the way they did yeah i was absolutely raging and uh, and i and i couldn't keep it in check sometimes it was just it was beyond me it would just overpower me um so i was constantly fighting the other side of my brain to kind of stay stay on track with stuff but actually there's lots of different ways that we work and once you get people out into the outdoors i mean a, a lot of them haven't slept very well for a long time mm-hmm. so circadian rhythm okay so that's when it gets dark I get tired and you go to sleep right nowadays i mean you think about the amount of blue light we're exposed to even just right here now at the moment um i'm only designed evolutionary speaking to take in fire and daylight 
okay? So blue light all day long is, and it's been proven, fries you and fires off different parts mm -hmm. of the brain, okay? But we can use some of that, that know-how now to kind of turn things around a little bit if you think about it. So we also know that storytelling, so if you're trying to get a message through to someone, and you can't, you can lead that horse to the water, but you cannot make it drink. It's a well-known fact, right? Hey, you're an alcoholic, you need to go dry out. So they go and play the game, do nine weeks on the course, come back, and they're back on the source again. Because they didn't want to do it. Mm. Hierarchy or whoever sent them on the course wanted to do it. You've got to make that individual somehow want... You've got to make the horse think it's about time I had a drink. And that is the best way I would describe the Wooden Warrior course. We look at everything from your... The history of the fighting man or woman in the UK, your, your place in the shield wall, society. How And we just have a look at how it's all changed. If you think about North American braves, come back from battle, having scalped a person, that's quite traumatic, even 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 by those those days where bloodshed was more common than it is now, because that's another big key part. Before they were allowed to go back to the family unit, they'd have a decompression stage where you'd go and farm with one of the old boys up on the high plains for a bit before you were allowed to go back to the family unit. Okay, now you put that into context, obviously after the classes system and the whole kind of upper classes and lower classes and World War One, World War Two, officers, men, that whole kind of thing, you know, where people are getting shot in the back, they've mm. been shelled for four months straight on the front and go, I can't do this anymore, get halfway out across and start walking back and they're getting the revolver. Mm. You know, we now know that uh, that they were absolutely done and yeah. you've seen the footage where they're literally shaking, that their nervous system is fried. You know, and they just didn't know what to do with them back then. Mm. Um, and to a degree, that still exists. You know, when, when that balloon goes off on an eight-year-old's birthday party, goes off next to your ear, you feel the percussion, it sets off that whole chemical chain, and your body's standing you up and you're thinking it's go time. Muscles are pumped, everything's pumped. And people are looking at you like, what's wrong with Uncle Nick? And you're like, I just need to go for a walk. And you leave and walk around the industrial estate for three hours, trying to walk off all the adrenaline, trying to switch it off. I mean that's, that's terrific. The, that's the classic. That's the classic um, perception of PTSD, and the one that's more commonly known. But I think one of the one of the big things is with with guys. John, you know, even you know the, the, the stigma around PTSD. Even me trying to just like just uh, to talk it, about it, now. It, you know, it, it, it grips I think me as people well. Are people are going to be listening. You're thinking. <laughs> that's you're the classic. Gonna get, you're always going to get an element of that, though. You, 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 you were saying earlier, not everyone's the same. No, absolutely no, no. not. Everyone's totally and, different, and it manifests itself. Yeah, in... and and it can it can. I also felt quite ashamed. I felt quite ashamed of of, of taking part in in actions to begin with. Once I rid myself of the ego of oh, Rory's commando, I'm a gnarly bloke. I've done stuff. Mm. I started to look at it. I started to start. I, I went off down this whole wormhole of well, if I wasn't there doing the fighting, then the foreign fighters who were paid to take me on wouldn't have been there. Mm. So the women and kids that were getting caught up in the crossfire that wouldn't <laughs> have happened. So you go down this what if game, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And the what if game eats us all alive. So I had to put that to bed and then learn learn to to, to know what to do with that, mm. to find that sense of pride again. Mm -hmm. Rightly or wrongly, my own personal actions, I did what I thought was right mm. at the time and the best I could. Mm -hmm. yeah. Whether I had the kit to do it, whether I had to bend the rules to do it, that's it's, that's the way it goes. When you boil it back and and <laughs> yeah, there are people that did some things that you think boil it back and they go well, live for that. Present the same situation, all yeah. all those this is all the factors involved. Yeah. And I think say, well just those factors involved again. Yeah. And that was my state of mind and this is what the information I had. Would I would I yeah. do that again? Would I take that shot? Would I do make this decision, would I give that command or whatever? Of course you and would. the answer is still yes. Yeah. Well, well, that, that's not wrong. No, nope, that's nope. right. And, and that's it. As long as you're, at, you know, as long as you're 
acting within the rules of engagement that time, within the, the rules of the game, you know, and, and you're doing things for a good and proper, mm-hmm. decent reason, saving lives, achieving the mission, wh- whatever that may Think, be. Things that as soon as you start to step away from that, yeah. Well, I, well, you're the wrong person to start. Are you a bad person to start? I think. I, think I mean, we we often say like ours is not to to reason why ours is, but to do or die. And mm. thinking is a dangerous thing, but but it also also is quite. Having that much time to reflect on things, I started to, you know, and obviously seeing, um, I won't make mention, too much mention to this, but something that happened in, in the paper, and then, you know, to do with the core and all the rest of it, and I was furious at myself because I just thought, well, hang on a minute. The situation of um, finishing people off and all this sort of stuff that goes on about, you know, what to do about it and blah, 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 comes about, but we're, we're sent out on the battlefield with a 5.56 round. Which is designed to incapacitate someone. Maim, yeah, not kill. So, so if I can't even shoot a deer in the UK with less than a hundred grains, okay, yeah. round. I don't know what a five five six is. I think it's about eighty five grains or something like that. It, and and yet I'm allowed to to shoot a person with yeah. that on a battlefield to to incapacitate them. It, of course, they're going to be crawling about with the guts out. It, that's the that's what you've you, that's, that's what you've sent me out with the kit to do. Well, this is one of the things they say yeah. that. See, one of the rules of Geneva Convention, I think it's Geneva Convention, or one of the rules with with uh, ammunition, and I don't think a lot of consumers people know this. I mean, we learn as snipers when you do your you do your sniper training, you do your sniper yeah. course. Oh, chips are kind of never. You're going for it, yeah? yeah. Hang on. Oh, they're ever so cold, everyone. I just want to tell you, they're ever so cold. Jared's, you open it. Jared's done a great job. They're ever so cold. Shake them up. Thank you. Thank you. Don't, yeah, up. don't trust you. Um, Solidarity. What, uh, so, going back, you're talking about humane... Are you on about Sergeant A there, right? No, I don't know what you mean. No, no, mate. I'm, 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 no, it's public I'm, knowledge. I'm staying well out of it. So, just, um, it infuriated. It, it literally yeah. bored, bored my blood so, up. So, what people don't realise is, uh, especially cities, is that... You got different types of ammunition, different types of round. And one of the things we not like, we get given full metal jacket rounds. That's what we get: full metal jacket, armor piercing, armor piercing, piercing armor. Funny enough, full metal jacket is not unless you've only got armor piercing rounds, right? You're not allowed to change though. It's not allowed to modify those rounds in any way. You can't. You've seen it on films. They go, they cut across it in the front. Old school gun down rounds. All yeah. that, right? You can't do that. Yeah. Um, you can't use um, hollow point and all that. Full metal jacket rounds in a 5.56 rifle, okay, an assault rifle, they're designed to cause maximum injury and minimal chance of death. They're designed to do that. They're not designed to kill straight away, right? And the reason they do that is because we know this, okay, and it's for people listening or watching. The reason they do that is because if I if I shoot someone and I, and I injure them and the bullet ricochets off four or five bones in their body and it rips their insides apart, but they're going to be alive for another half hour, they're going to flip and die. But what that means is... To withdraw, to take that guy from the battlefield or treat him, it takes another one, two or three people out of that unit to treat him. So mm. you shot one guy, so you're with four taken out of the battle. By attrition. Yeah. Four taken out of the battle. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day, before they realised all this, and you're using 762 long with the old, um, the old SLR, would just kill you dead. They were brilliant. And they would say, But we all I mean, what do we know? We talked with Anniversary of Falcons in a minute. You know, Goose Green was 27 years ago now, was one day. SLRs, one shot, you're flipping dead. Majority of the time, wherever they hit you. You know what I mean? Now, Oh, you can't modify your own, but I tell you what, I'll give you an assault rifle that'll yeah. bounce off every bone in your body it, and keep your life. It, it did. It did towards the end of the conflict get more and more towards. I might as well just be handcuffed. You can't then go and take them out of his misery. 
Well, no, no, of course you can't. No, of course you can't. And, I'm and, not and saying, that's the bit that and, we didn't and, get into, and, and we're not going there. Yeah, and that's I'm right, not saying right. I was right or wrong. Yep. I, yep. I just wanted to make the point that I thought it was yeah. rather silly that that particular... You're asking someone to do a job, but then, yeah. then you're giving them this this kind of tool to go and carry that out. Let's stay with the bushcraft. Okay. <laughs> back <laughs> um, to the bushcraft, right then. Yeah, back to the bushcraft. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that, that is a campfire conversation, and when your boys come up to the woodland, and I hope yeah. to see you there, we'll, we'll have that out to death. Um, so yeah, uh, basically, um, the Wooden Warrior Programme, yeah, we, I mean, we do various things. We take them out to the coast, out to Seven Sisters Country Park, uh, talk to them about what happened. After the Ice Age, we re-inhabited the UK and we'll start from that point and take them on a bit of a journey through to, to finding out where they are now, where they've come from and all that. It's, it's a horrendously grounding experience. And, and again, a lot of it is just the medium in which to plant the seed that's mm. about time they start to invest in themselves. Okay, mm. and all the all the symptomatic stuff that's happening around around it, I can't I've lost just lost my driving licence, drink driving, the missus has left me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking too much. This is happening. That's happening. Uh, and it might not even be that much. It might not even be that far. It, it might be in an earlier stage. It might be whatever. The point is, they've come on that course to come and chill, mm-hmm. and, and and take a breath, and, and metaphorically take a knee and breathe and go right. Okay, these guys have kind of been there. Not maybe not exactly in the same way, but they've been there. They're listening to what I'm saying, and they've invested in themselves. So can I. And, and then the signposting process and stuff that comes out the back of it onto services like Rots Recovery, um, who who I would happily pass anyone on to who needed that particular type of service uh, and, and various others, um, can then take place. And it can take place successfully with the individual going forward, wanting to engage with those services. Um, and, and on a smaller scale, I've been doing this stuff in Bristol, out of my little woodland. I've been doing one-to-one mentoring type stuff. And I've, I've, I've literally, um, and it's not something I wish to repeat, but I have, have had the experience of somebody turning up um, with the dog lead and no dog, just looking for a tree right at that point in the game. And thank my lucky stars has managed to invest uh, some time in themselves and is now successfully going on to working with talking services and, and, and some other therapies and bits and pieces. Um, Bootnecks, paras, all kinds of people. Um, and it quite quickly spilled over because we are only human into blue light services emergency personnel cancer survivors and now suddenly i've got a whole host of people coming down they approach you they just start yeah they approach they approach me um, or or sometimes their other half approaches me i had one one young lady approach me saying um my my boyfriend's an ex-war marine i'm very concerned about him Mm. i won't i won't say the exact details but Mm. some very bad behaviors going on um do do you think I i was like well do you think there's any chance i can meet him in a coffee shop just have a chat in a coffee shop. Just have a chat. If you want to know a bit more, meet me down the woods. Go down the woods. Okay, yeah. You got, got anything in your life that's particularly the dog? Bring the dog. You know, just. Yeah. Um, and we went on to do. We built a set of steps. We we built a ground oven. We built. Uh, there's always work to do down there, and you just throw yourselves into this work. And I think the magic essentially is the fact you're in the outdoors. Is is all the stuff we just spoke about about the kind of very primal element uh, of being human around a campfire. Uh, it, it's the it's the not getting too caught up in the whole it's therapy or counselling because it's not it's not you know yeah. it's not sitting there looking at someone like this in a four square room it's therapeutic yeah. nonetheless though that's the thing it's well therapeutic, it's yeah. therapeutic activity you have to be careful how you word it but um, it does have massive it speaks volumes and massive massive impact on people some people might turn up for three sessions and then go I'm not coming next Monday I'm good thanks um, I'm now moving on 
to my next job or I found it, thanks so much for your help, and they're off on their way. They just needed a little... Mm. Other people might be there for nine consecutive weeks on the on the trot and then just start to begin the journey into having a look about talking to a psychologist or something like that and going further. Everyone's different. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what I try to do is just kind of work out roughly what they might need Mm -hmm. make sure that that service is available in there and it's not going to drop them because you might only get one shot of this before you burn their trust completely mm -hmm. it's a very important thing and again that's mm -hmm. the reason I do this is because having sat in the same position as them in one way shape or another there's a conversation that takes place right and then there's a conversation we really have with each other and that's happening on a, that's happening on a different mm -hmm. frequency and that is like <clears throat> the face the burnt out face I've seen in the mirror of myself many times I can see in others and they can see me yeah. and it's just like what takes one to know one type thing and so if you're open with them they're a lot more likely to be open with you there's a huge thing in that um it's even just, even just you, we can you we as three know if 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 you were a civvy and you were a civvy I would and we would not be having the same conversation yeah. in that I would not be able to yeah. s present the information in the same way no. at all there's no there's it, it's, 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 it's very, it's very difficult and, that, and that, that allows me to leap barriers yeah. of trust, yes, uh, trust and, and try and try to show show this individual that you are completely worth saving you are completely worth investing in okay so invest in yourself uh, trust me on this and um, you know and if I'm, I'm there on the end of the phone if I need to be text in just a little confidence every now and again just maybe check up on how they are maybe every three months six months after i might not have seen some people for for a long time but it's just just that little mm. it's very important and it, it it's a lot more important than people think there's a lot of awful lot of charities out there and i won't name any who will offer um packages they'll get uh and that's the important thing i'm not a charity as well and i'm not about to be um they'll offer this Put all your details on our system. We'll offer you six free sessions. All right, and in those six free sessions, you get to the point where it takes you four or five just to open up, and then you, you open Pandora's box, and then they go, "Sorry, that's the end of the six sessions." And then it's bombard you with emails, and you might go walking in Wales once if you're lucky. And at the end of the year, they'll say we helped twenty thousand veterans. You've touched everybody in the head with a very light wand, but you've not actually helped somebody through that part of the journey. So I think staying with our ethos of what we do at Hidden Valley, it's about small numbers, high quality and, and high impact. So yeah, it's not about running around trying to save everybody through the outdoors, but it's, it's encouraging yeah. uh, everybody to, to, to find a little bit of green space mm. and, and, and do a bit of that sort good. of stuff. It's but, really but, yeah, good what you're doing, really good. It's, 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 it's working, yeah. you know, that's the fundamental crux yeah. of it, it works, it I, works. I, I, going back, I wasn't, I wasn't slagging civvies off there, I got... It's like it's three firemen talking, you know, but you understand. Just by, just by the term civvy is, is, is the military uh, way of referring to a civilian, meaning that there is an us and them. But the reality is, you all put the socks and pants on the same, we all bleed the same, we're all only human, aren't we? Yeah. It was interesting what you're saying, uh, you know, you have, you have the set sessions. The thing is, with the charities now, they have a set amount of money, they've got a, they've got a They've got standardised things, and they've got measured measured approach to to the way they treat people in different ways, and, and they have to do that. So, so legislation wise, and it. so yeah. it's all transparent, and, and their money they know the money's been spent well, but it often does. As soon as it gets to that point, well, we've done this much. Unless yeah. there's something life threatening or something yeah. earth threatening, yeah. then we can't carry it on. We need something significant. That's where it can fall short and transition out, transition out, which is where people like yourself. There's a couple of like Project RV, which are, which um, 
I've heard of this. Sounds really good. Well, well John, like John, Sounds John, really, really John good. Bream, uh, ex, uh, you, God, I'm glad you heard it. John he's Bream. He's coming down in the... Ex Pyrage at three power, yeah, we're going to have him on. Awesome, um, awesome. It's for Pyrage and bootnecks. Okay. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's mate, in a very similar way to what you're doing. Yep. Up in the Pyrage bootnecks, whether you're in, whether you're out, whether you've had issues, whether you're, uh, whether you've, whether you've not... They go out and just do outdoor activities. It is is amazing. Huh? Sure, we'll, we'll get them on. But it's in the same way that the smaller sort of voluntary things that you guys are doing, I say voluntary. But it, it's it, essentially, do you know, I, I mean, not, I mean, not if, charity. If if somebody has donated some funding towards it, then great, I can run one of the, you know, just like a five day course. I'll just run that at cost. And when I say at cost, I don't just mean. It, and some people say, "Oh, fool, fool, poor businessman," but at the end of the day, I've still got the Hidden Valley Bushcraft and the school, you know, the Woodland Kindergarten that I've set up, mm-hmm. three to five-year-olds, 50 mm-hmm. weeks of the year mm-hmm. is the backbone for the business. That's quite recent, though, isn't it? Yeah. That's fantastic. 50 weeks of the year. It's running what, today. My teachers yeah. are in the woods today. This is what I was reading about on your website, wasn't it? The, yeah. The kid, yeah. That yeah. sounds good. That's really... If I, if I had kids, I'd be sending them down to It's you. amazing. I spent this morning uh, on the saw, yeah. chopping up firewood with the kids. How old were they? Sh- three to five-year-olds. Three to five-year-olds. As part of the firewood cycle, they then stack it Okay, they stack mm-hmm. it so that yeah. it dries out. It might already yeah. be dry, but yeah. so they learn that. Pro- and then, yeah. then it goes in the fire. Yeah. So we learn that there is a process. So yeah. we go and collect it. We we saw it up. We yeah. stack it, and then it goes in the. And it's just really important. Some of the stuff that they retain, I didn't even imagine because a lot of my qualifications are all built around kind of sort of teaching year one up to university standard mm. adults and stuff, very in depth. And of course, they go through a stage where they go, "Why?" So I'll get Nick. Yes, what are you doing? I'm <laughs> making a peg to retain this side of the the pathway that's fallen over. Why? <laughs> because if I don't, then this is going to go down here. And then I've got to move all the chippings about. Why? Well, I need to move the chippings <laughs> about to build the path up to... As long, I will just keep going into detail. Yeah. Well, if, it, if it sticks, then albeit. Do I've it. got one little lad who can tell you the definition of... Um, you know, I could sort of describe something. I can, definition, I could describe it to him. I could say... Uh, if I was a seed and I was in the ground <laughs> and I've got to do the hand motions it's the French side of me and you gave me water and light and warmth and, and I started to grow what, what's that called and he'd go germination I'm like ah, boom that has gone in Yeah. what's all these flowers on the trees and he'll go the trees are in blossom just takes it all yeah. on mate what's that Good. buttercup what's that dandelion but they're both yellow so what's the difference and, da, 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 and he'll pick up a dead dandelion and go, well, the dead dandelion, I know it's a dandelion because they go like this. <sighs> and what have you just done there? Spread the seed. Mm, yeah. good. You know? That's really good. It's, it's, yeah. just, it's bonkers. They, the, the things they pick up, and they're already like at year two standard as, as a woodland kindergarten. And we are, by, there's an awful lot, it's a, it's a very kitsch thing at the moment. There's an awful lot of people out there that say they're, um, we're a forest school. I'm like, right, okay. And then actually it transpires there. For whatever reason, rightly or wrongly, they're a small hall-based group who go out into somebody's garden once in an afternoon Mm. and I'm not slagging that off because it's incredible because you're still getting kids out there but when we say we are a forest school Woodland Kindergarten we are full on the parents will drop them off at the church rooms in the high street those kids will walk half a mile with us on the country up passing goats sheep pigs all sorts on the way Mm. under the viaduct you know absolutely beautiful setting 
into the woods and spend the whole day in that woodland and then come back against the church rooms. There's no technology, there's no cars or mobile phones down at the woodland, is there? Apart from, I suppose, your own well, we safety have, we, so, so we stuff, have a safeguarding yeah, is really important obviously. now. So, so all our phones are off yeah. and I've built like a... I've, in my little cabin, I've built this wooden cabin, cabin in the woods yeah. out of recycled materials. Again, repurposing was all part of my recovery. Um, there's like a, a petty cash box that I've bolted into the floor with a key. So you can't trust them little kids. No, no, <laughs> I know it's swines. Bristol, the, yeah, <laughs> Bristol. We've away. got an iPad that we use the program yeah. called Tapas, pa- Tapestry. So I can take a photo of a uh, little two year old, whoever, uh, sorry, three year old, whoever, and, and, and say that uh, three year old, whoever, has shown both gross and fine motor skills today in using a set of scissors. Uh, as he successfully cut da 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 da. Before he started, he, he told me that. Um, uh, he must be careful with that. So he showed showed the safety element, acknowledgement that this is a sharp tool, um, but was careful with it. So he sort of did his own risk assessment. That's the sort of thing that our teachers would put onto tapestry and then send off to the parents. So they're at work. Bing comes up on the phone. You can see what yeah. Lynn is up to that day and what they've learned. Okay, and we do we do follow. You know, they do literacy, numeracy, all that sort of stuff in the woods. Yeah. I've even made toys where they're like counting abacus. Yeah. toys with bits of bamboo and, and awesome. decking off cuts and all sorts of stuff so yeah, it is I love it I actually love it I didn't didn't know at the start how much I didn't really know sort of you know what, what could I impart to, to a child that young how much would they learn through the EYFS which is the early years foundation scheme which is the, the whole kind of learning process that needs to take place a teacher for a teacher to be able to teach at that standard that's why I employ two teachers who are amazing um, because because I don't have that exact qualification mm-hmm. they do so mm-hmm. they can run it and then mm-hmm. I'm just there and I'm counted in the ratios because uh, I'm DBS enhanced checked and all the rest of it and it's, it's that whole thing as well it also gives them a learning environment that's dog poo free it's a private woodland so it's completely yeah. do you know what I mean I've built swings I feel all sorts of stuff. They they look at track and sign. We look at the animals that yeah. have come through the camp, and we'll go and track them. Um, you know, I've got I've got all sorts of things like badger skulls and deer antlers, and then the heads and skulls, and all sorts of things that we could show them. I've even got uh, like a trail cam that's going yeah. in, mm. so we can show them the deer coming through the woodland. The next yeah. day, we could pick up the trail, and they can learn yeah, to yeah. associate A to B. And I've gone a step further and made moulds with uh, air dried clay, which is brown. And you get the hoof print, and you put that in there, so they can see exactly what they're looking for in the ground. Yeah. So, yeah, I need to put can, myself in. I'm three to five years old. How did you get in touch with you, mate? Uh, Hidden Valley Bushcraft. Uh, so www.hiddenvalleybushcraft.co.uk. Um, you on Instagram as well? Right? That's the H- website. Instagram. I think we're at HV Bushcraft. No, that's Twitter. That's Twitter. Yeah, oh, he knows more than I'm me. All over hmm. it. Yeah, Hidden Valley Bushcraft on. Uh, in fact, hashtag Hidden Valley Bushcraft. Oh, well, there you it? go. Yeah, yeah, find yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, the course of the day, seven days a week. Seven days. Well, we are pretty much seven days yeah, a week. So, so the typical week will look along lines of Monday will be a toddler group first thing in the morning. Uh, so the mums and the kids can come along and have a look at the setting. Okay, for five up, which is pretty good. Teas mm. and coffees, all the rest of it in the woods. Uh, and then we just transform the woods into lots of games and things that they can play and do and things like that. Uh, Monday afternoon is open to uh, veterans and the Blue Light Services and pretty much anyone at the moment to uh, to come down. Um, whether there's funding or not, I'm down there and, and I'll put time into anyone who wants to come down and, and we'll just chew the fat. If, we, if you just want to come down and have a bacon sandwich on a campfire, yeah, we'll do that. Okay. If you want to launch yourself into dredging the stream by hand, of which there's another 300 meters to go, and I've got a lot of work ahead of me, then we'll do that. You know, I'm, I'm down. I'm down for whatever. And if it if it helps people move forward or, or unlock something or 
if there's any way I can impart some of my personal journey and they can kind of go actually yeah I want to make a change then we can we can help them with that journey right. Tuesday Wednesday Thursday preschool okay so that place is locked down I'm doing preschool stuff that's that's the kids in the woods right. Fridays is um, sometimes I will deliver forest school to local uh, primary groups that will come to us or I can actually forward mount with my Land Rover mm-hmm. the Landy 110 with all my lessons in my, my big clear boxes clip-on boxes mm-hmm. the lids of which become the whiteboards and I'll go and deliver stuff uh, for, for various schools so things like Stone Age Day Okay, and all that kind of stuff I can go and do. Um, Saturday and Sundays, stag do's, hen do's, corporate, <laughs> team building. Um, I've, I've literally done all sorts of stuff. Because we own the woodland, we're able to completely bespoke every package for a different business. Okay, and I've, I've had groups of lawyers. I've had um, pucker, pucker tea bags. Amazing oh, yeah. product, by the way. Incredible. Yes, I know there's lots of people that scream out there. Okay. They sold out, they went to uni, leave, Tell you what, I've never seen such a passionate bunch of people. Yeah. Employees are spot on. They had a team meeting down there, and I was very lucky to be a fly on the wall for it. What a lovely way. I, I would want to work for Pucker if I wasn't doing what I was doing, you know, they, if I had the skill set to, you know, they are a great bunch. So, um, we're going to have to wrap so much stuff. Right, okay, we're done. No, that's fine. Cool. Hidden Valley Bushcraft on hashtag hiddenvalleybushcraft.co.uk. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you got the website, which is uh, www.hiddenvalleybushcraft.com. We can definitely be down. You'd mm. be down. Yeah, I'd live down there if I could. Facebook page, Hidden Valley Bushcraft. Yeah. Skip a lot. Me and my dog have to come. To be honest, you're going to find most of the stuff. I think for the courses, sometimes I just run pop-up stuff. So I'll just be like, look, the foraging course happening. Anybody interested? Uh, you know, whatever pound ahead. Um, and I'll put it out there and it'll yeah. fill up and then, yeah. and then we'll run it and then and it'll be like a wild cooking package those two times of the year I was on about spring and then yeah. the fruit and nut season at the other end it all goes bananas again and we can like start chocolate. making we can start making pl- <laughs> we can make little plum compots and put them on top of the pork we've cooked yeah. underground you, know, you can get you can get carried away with all that chefy stuff again all year round there's something to do we'll be down yeah. there buddy Nick yeah. Noel Smith absolute pleasure buddy thank, thank you very, very much, much. Thank, you thank you very much That's it for this show. Remember to keep tabs on us by using the hashtag HHOUR, H-H-O-U-R, to find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But for our website, go to charliecharlie1.com. I couldn't get HHOUR.com, and charliecharlie1 seemed better anyway. We're on iTunes, all of the podcast apps, including Stitcher, and we're on YouTube. Don't forget to check out today's sponsors online. TMT Construction with Mr. Bradley Cooper. Look like James, bro, at the helm. You are beautiful, James, even now. I know I said it in the first one, I'm saying it again now. They can do and nail all sorts of projects, internally and externally, construction, domestic, commercial, industrial. If you need something building or even just designing, get onto them. Veteran-owned, they do an awesome job. Visit their website, tmt.construction, and find them online under that very same name. That's it. All done. Until the next time. Out. <laughs>